At MasterCard, we believe that women-owned small businesses are uniquely inspiring. They're pillars of the community and have a measurable impact on the people within them. It's their secret sauce. We are deeply committed to helping address the daily challenges of all Canadian small businesses by putting our technology, cybersecurity solutions, digital resources, and partnerships to work for you every day. Discover them today at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. MasterCard, start something priceless. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday to hear news stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're excited to speak with Nishant Reina and Katrina olson Modahead, Creators are the next wave of digital entrepreneurs, building strong brands on platforms such as TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. According to MasterCard's creator class research, 66% of creators are under 40, 42% are people of color, and 82% financially support other creators. 57% have become creators to focus on their passions. Young, diverse, and community-oriented, these creators offer insightful, playful, and engaging content, and they're monetizing their brands and outputs in big ways. On today's show, we're talking with creator Katrina olson Modahead. When she's not cheering on her teenage daughters in Calgary sports, Katrina is an entrepreneurial force, shining a spotlight on the arts, women-led startups, and businesses. Katrina perceives the world as a vast canvas where fashion meets art and the classics intertwine with the digital realm. Her journey began with a profound love for arts in all its forms and soon transformed into a mission to bridge the gap between contemporary culture and the essence of art, be it through wearing, watching, or weaving tales out of it. As founder of the Canadian International Fashion Film Festival, her endeavors have always resolved, revolved around painting the world with creativity and innovation. Awarded the best dress title in 2019 by the Globe and Mail, her style isn't just about what you wear, but how you impact the world around you. Katrina runs a social media strategy and management company called Collective Creative, where she brings brands to people on social media. We're also joined by Nishant Reina, small business lead at MasterCard in Canada. With a strong passion for helping small businesses, Nishant drives the growth of the small business segment at MasterCard and within the entire payments ecosystem. Nishant develops and oversees the segment strategy by commercializing new products and services and supporting new product development with partners. Since joining MasterCard in 2022, Nishant has strengthened the small business segment in Canada and leads key strategy development projects, supporting partners in product development initiatives and working with regional and global teams to drive thought leadership. Katrina and Nishant, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us today. Thank you, Rick. Quite the introduction. Thank you so much. 
<laughs> I think that's our longest intro ever. But hey, uh, you guys deserve it. Before we get started talking about uh, what creators do and, and who they are and, 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 and what kind of impact they're having, let me just ask both of you, give a preview to the very busy entrepreneurs that have tuned into our show here. Can you both share one piece of advice or wisdom that you hope listeners will take away from our conversation today? Um, sure, I'll start. Um, I think it's crucial to remain updated on all matters related to your industry um, and to always look out for new technology that could be a game changer in making your business more efficient. Give me one new technology that you've been jumping on. Uh, well, TikTok is the most recent one. And just a whole bunch of apps around making TikTok easier. Nishan? Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll take a crack at it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one piece of advice, I think today, like especially today's discussion and like the online content sharing platforms have become a great example of how to enter the world of entrepreneurship and how to truly become a small business owner. This this paradigm shift has definitely changed and um, hopefully we'll get into examples with Katrina and yourself, Rick. Uh, this new wave of creator class is underpinned by the technology that we have today. So please go out there, utilize these technology and tools because they're at disposal for everyone to, to achieve success in the space. Very cool. Nishant, let's start with you because <clears throat> we spent a long time on the introduction on Katrina. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, just tell us a little bit about your journey <laughs> at, at, in, in the payments process and the banking system and, and how it's come now to intersect with the creator community. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I started my career off in small business, quote unquote, payments, not too long after my undergrad, uh, and immediately fell in the space. The resiliency of this space, the the passion that I saw day in, day out from the small business community was intoxicating, in my opinion. Uh, over the years, honestly, my experience has given me opportunity to listen, learn from various pain points, opportunities, and um, and how financial services can play that pivotal part in the success of the small businesses in Canada. Um, so I joined MasterCard last year and uh, exactly to the introduction, Rick, I've worked countless hours with our internal and external partners to create solutions and address needs because there are unique needs of all small businesses, but there are nuances as well within within the industry. Uh, and the intersection is is something uh, maybe it's a good transition into the creator class space. We we kept hearing from our in the research that we had done, and uh, we saw it um, um, in 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 our own lives. Just the paradigm shift from from a content creation influencer, um, uh, I guess I guess the market shift, and uh, this this whole idea was we took a stance as like, hey, we need to understand this vertical, this, this, this new uh, emergence of the creator class economy a little bit better and, and quantify it because we've been hearing about it for, for quite some time. So, um, and that's something we embarked uh, last year and we've just started to uncover and there, there's, it's a big, big world and, uh, and Katrina would be the first one to tell you about that as well. Right. And, and just to, Nishant, thank you for that, but give me an, an idea of sort of what are some of the new or different things that MasterCard is doing to help small businesses, or in particular, you know, the the the, the very small, the micro businesses that 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 creators represent. Yeah, for sure. So we started, um, and it was actually recently announced a couple of weeks ago. We we launched our Small Business Month. Uh, so October is the Small Business and Cybersecurity Awareness Month in Canada. Uh, we recently uh, launched. It was an expansion of 
a small business fund that was geared towards women-owned small businesses last year. And this was in partnership with our Peer5 platform, uh, where we've awarded $10,000 to women-owned small businesses to accelerate their their, uh, activities within the market. And along with that, we actually had three marquee um, product and platform launches as I like to sort of group them under. We, we have signed a partnership with uh, Virtual Gurus, which is uh, a virtual assistant platform in Canada providing many different areas of help to the small business community. Uh, we have a partnership that we launched with McAfee um, and uh, this is available to all small business cardholders in Canada. And lastly, uh, we have recently launched a platform called Easy Saving Specials where we bring local uh, globally sourced offers to the small business community in Canada. So very happy about some of the recent announcements that have gone into the Canadian landscape. And this is just the beginning, Rick. Uh, we are constantly evaluating and um, looking way, looking for ways to help the small business community in Canada. Um, and then through part and parcel, we have to start with the research. I think that's the biggest thing that we we truly believe that um, we truly actually don't believe if you build it, people will come. It has to be rooted in research and we have to solve a very key pain point. Um, so um, I'll leave it at that because I know there's there's a lot more, but um, a quick snippet of what has sort of been done over the last couple of weeks. And it's timely that we're having this conversation as well. Yeah, well, that's terrific. I mean, I've been working with big companies that are trying to identify with small business, understand small business and, and serve small business. Uh, you know, I've been working with companies like that for more than 30 years, but uh, I'm really impressed by, you know, the efforts you're making in the MasterCard is making in these areas and, you know, the creative solutions you're coming up with. That's really exciting. Katrina, your story is a great example of success that can happen when, when content creation and business savvy come together. To tell us a little bit about your career, how you got started and, uh, and, and where you see your business heading. Yeah. Um, so I started, I mean, this is pre social media, I guess, because, um, I started as a photographer and one of my friends started a blog on fashion and I started shooting all of his content and started to get asked, Oh, well, where, like, where's your content? And I'm like, Oh, um, what's kind of on his blog. So then I started my own blog. (laughs) Um, and like, that was the day of the blogger before the influencer or anything like that. Um, and I just started writing on fashion, film and art, my blog. I mean, it was mostly photo based, but, um, very similar to what we have now on Instagram with just the images. Um, and then Instagram started and then it just felt super organic for me to start sharing my life on Instagram. Um, and then through that, I, I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends in the city and I loved sharing their products and services with my following. Um, so it's just kind of evolved from that. Um, and then I, uh, in 2015 or 2016, I started a fashion film festival, um, in Calgary and that was, uh, like, I guess as like far as my first small business, like not as an influencer, um, I built that and sold it. And I mean, social media was a huge part of, of promoting all the filmmakers and stuff because at that time, I think that's when social media, like Instagram started having videos, like you could post videos on it. Um, and then now I've, um, I've since sold my film festival and I'm only doing like influencer work, I guess. And then my social media business where I, create content for other people's businesses as well. And then 
on my own influencer channel promote businesses. That's cool. So, so was there a business. point when you realized, <laughs> yes. hey, I can, I can make a living off of this trend, which is now more than a trend. It's now a business platform. Yeah. And it's funny you asked that because my kids just asked me that last week. They were like, well, how did you start getting stuff from companies to promote on your Instagram? And I said, yeah, like PR companies just started reaching out to me. Like once I gained a following and asked if they could send me stuff. And then that turns into like a contract of posting. Um, and that's kind of how it started. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's evolved now that there's a standard process of how companies present products to you and you decide if that's organic for your following or not. Um, and then go from there. And can I just ask you, because probably a lot of people are yeah. wondering, just listening to your story at one point does, <clears throat> at, at what number of, of, of followers, what level of followship does one have to be at before we can act, before one can actually start thinking seriously of, Hey, this could be my career. This could be what I do. Like it can be like 5,000 followers. Um, a lot of, and I think like a lot of people that do have a following that they call like a micro or nano influencer, um, of 5,000 followers, if they have all of those people engaged and they have a lot of comments and you can see that those people are really engaged with their business, um, they could be influencing. So I think, yeah, 5,000, even maybe less at this stage. But I guess it, it sounds like there's some math involved here. It's it, it, the number of followers times a certain engagement level. Sounds like it has to be yeah. uh, required. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a big thing that's like, I think could improve um, as far as technology with, with social media is that um, all these analytics, there is kind of like you see how many followers they have and charge based on that. But I mean, there could be better analytics to, um, I mean, calculate those things. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. The, we deserve it. People deserve it. Yeah. Nishant, in the, in the creator class research done by MasterCard, uh, it mentions that creators are tastemakers who are both leading cultural trends and building engaged communities. Um, Tell us a little bit more about this research, and, and and I think we understand why you're doing it, but what what kind of insights have you been getting out of it? Yeah, for sure, and and I think we started this conversation as well, like the, the reason we we began doing some extensive research in this space was we, we saw the growth in small businesses. Um, we started hearing this, this term lo loosely being used in the industry around this creator economy, so we, we put resources against it and said, hey, what what sort of constitutes creator creator economy or creator class? And it was very clear, like individuals like digital content creators and 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 honestly, entrepreneurs. The, these are small businesses, uh, micro businesses, like like we mentioned at the start of the conversation. So we we created this creator class report, and uh, it is public. So feel free to go and uh, read some of the details. But some of the key areas that we really saw was, um, and I started the conversation with this is. Canadians having the ability to do work that they're passionate about. And while some of it's rooted from uh, gaining a little bit more flexibility um, and opting out of the quote unquote, the corporate culture um, and some of the insights that we saw, I'll, I'll throw some numbers out there just to show 78% uh, of Canadians are, they would agree. They would rather be a content creator or an entrepreneur or a small business owner than, than the traditional corporate nine to five job. Um, Sorry, so, 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 hold, hold on. Yeah, seventy 
88.8% of Canadians from, from, from the people that we surveyed, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this was a, this was just tweens, or was it like the, the full spectrum? I think the full spectrum. It's 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 the it's the adult population that that we surveyed, and the numbers are the numbers are shocking. I think this is exactly what your previous question was as well, right? Like, what is that inflection point? What is that demarcation point where an individual feels comfortable saying that, hey? this is going to be my full-time job or this is going to be um, an investment that I'm going to invest my time or resources or energy into to making it a success. Um, And a lot of that is still being sort of determined because a lot of some of these individuals have full-time jobs like nine to five and they're trying to figure out that, hey, at at what dollar amount, like to your point, they have to do the math with themselves. at, At what dollar amount does it become a supplementary income or it can transition into almost like a full-time replacement for what I'm doing day-to-day in my corporate job. And one of the other interesting, because this is where we start to see some waterfall effects, 78%, like I said, have thought about, and they would rather be owners of their own business, whether it be in a creator economy or entrepreneurs, 38% of those have actually started a creator business or a side hustle, as I like to call it. But they may not know that they may be a small business owner or a micro business owner because you're already starting to sort of like generate this revenue. Um, and these are some of the stats that have come out and the numbers are all there in, in the report. But these are some when I, when I look at some of the numbers and some numbers that really popped out of the page was, hey, every, a lot of Canadians are actively thinking about this. And it, it all started, in my opinion, uh, this acceleration during COVID. Uh, when you had a lot of time and you had all these side hobbies and this hustles, um, it said, hey, um, I do have a normal job, but what can I do to really amplify and, and really spend time on something that I'm really passionate about? Amazing. Amazing. We, we used to, when, when I was at Profit Magazine many years ago, we used to do a lot of work on trying to quantify entrepreneurship's role in the ecosystem and in, you know, in people's minds. But I never dreamed I'd see a 78% number of people wanting to get into it. And, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and, and I, I think that shows how the closer you can align your business goals with your personal interests and your personal values, then the sharper that, 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 that aspiration becomes. Absolutely. Sorry, Katrina, I interrupted you. No, I just going to say it's so funny too, though, that you say that all of these content creators came out of COVID because for me as an influencer, Almost all of my influencer contracts um, were either put on hold or stopped during COVID because the marketing budgets just were not there. Um, And that's when I decided to do my own social media company and do other people's social media company because I couldn't make it as an influencer during COVID. I mean, since it's it's come back, but like there was no way that I could have survived off that during COVID. And just tell us a little bit about how that aspect of your business is is coming along, Katrina. Are you finding there's Lots of uh, um, entrepreneurs, lots of micro businesses, lots of would-be influencers who want your services and can afford them. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is quite pricey because then this is what I say. So I do two things: like I will train people in small businesses to run their own social media. Like I do social media training for them if they can't afford my services. Um, and then more established businesses can pay me to totally manage and produce all the content of their social media. So I try to make it affordable for any kind of business um, because it's really important. And I explain to them, like, 
the really the best thing you can do as a an entrepreneur or a startup small business is to run your social media yourself at least in the beginning because you're building that community and that communication with your customers um, and that's really the best way to know what your customers want and to like test the waters all the time is to you can put stuff out there on your stories or your TikTok and like ask people what they think or what they like um, and get a direct response from your customer, um, which I think is super important when you're starting out so you can determine the direction of your business. Right. Can either of you, whether from your firsthand experience, uh, Katrina, and the clients you're working with or Nishant in terms of the work you've done. Tell us, what are any of the new trends that you're seeing now in, uh, in, in, in influencership in the, 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 the creator economy? Um, in influencership, I think, yeah, like trying to find influencers that either already organically would use your products um, or somebody that you think has an audience that would fit very um, cohesively with your products. And and getting on and talking themselves. I think people really want to know who is behind the business. I always encourage my, my clients to go on their own social media and talk. And a lot of people don't like to do that. But I'm like, it's people, if they know you, it builds trust. And that's really important for your brand. So I think the more direct communication is important. And I think it's a trend in social media, for sure. Yeah. Any trends you're seeing, Nishant? Uh, something maybe I'll just build off of Katrina. I think we had this conversation last year. Is this whole idea of like authentic content is definitely what I'm see seeing and hearing. Uh, exactly to Katrina's point is it's they want to see who's behind the brand. They want to see who is who is there, uh, who who is the face of the brand, and and they they want the true true nature of where is this coming from. The storytelling piece is still very relevant. I know we talk about oh, you should always have a story to tell with from your brand to, to really resonate with the, the people that you're trying to target. So I think authentic content, it's still very relevant and I'm seeing a lot more of it um, and hearing a lot about it. 100%, yeah, that's true. Tell us, tell us what authentic content means. Either one of them. Authentic content, like I think, especially for a small business owner, would be like some behind the scenes of what your day to day life looks like. Okay, so you're like, let's say you have to develop or design product or you have to um, drive it somewhere and deliver it to a client, like all of that process of how your business gets from point A to point B, I think is really important and people like to see it. Okay, very cool. Um, Katrina, tell us a little bit more about the sort of subjects that interest you. Uh, can you tell us, you know, what you're talking about, writing about uh, uh, this week? Yeah, so um, this week I just did the Calgary Opera, so I'm helping them promote uh, the beginning of their season. They have two shows, so one on Wednesday and one on Friday of this week. Um, and I love Calgary Opera. I've really tried to promote them in the city for a long time. Um, another thing that I'm doing this week is a dinner series called Prairie Grid that is, um, it has chefs from the prairies here. So Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Um, and they do a dinner, like people can buy tickets and try different dishes from all of these chefs across the prairies. So I think it's like super creative and just a, a fun way to try new food. And do you only do sort of affiliate related coverage or do you also just get go crazy and, and spontaneous 
Yeah, I mean, this stuff is pretty spontaneous. The dinner series is a friend of mine doing it, so that's not sponsored content. I just really... He does it out of a passion. I don't think he makes very much money off of it. Um, But it's just like a super fun way to connect with the food community across these provinces. Um, And the opera also is not sponsored. Um, I kind of do things in kind with them just because I really love their content and help promoting it. Well, I apologize then for my uh, ridiculous assumption that that this was was sponsored. Um, because it was so deliberately, it was so specific. And that's really cool because what you're really doing is amplifying their passion. Right. Which is really exciting. Yeah. And I think my, like my audience is primarily like fashion, food, art, these kinds of things. So anything that I think that will like my audience will like, I try to just put it out there regardless if it's sponsored or not. And they, they tell us that there are no boundaries to social media, you're doing a Calgary platform, a Prairie platform. Uh, can you? Are there also international or, or national uh, projects that you talk about? Support like a national one. <laughs> this is like, and this is my kids' favorite. Is that I've been doing a lot with Tim Hortons lately, and I mean they have new product launches all the time. And because I'm always driving my kids to sports, I end up going to Tim Hortons like once every couple days. So that one is one. <laughs> that's one that I really love. Um, and it just fits really well with my lifestyle. So that's a natural one. <laughs> that's fabulous. <laughs> Katrina, when, when business stems from content, there can be huge pressure to produce. You have to keep going. You have to keep being excited about things and, and get other people excited about them. Are there tools or supports that you found that help you sustain that energy level? Um, Yeah, you just like, literally, you have to treat it as a job. Um, And some days, I don't feel like getting on and talking to people because like some days you just feel down or you don't feel like you can face people. Um, But then you don't show up on the for you page, (laughs) like on TikTok, or you don't show up on the discovery page on Instagram, because you literally have to post x number of stories or posts a day or week to show up in the algorithm. So you so how, then, how, yeah. How do you keep up? Yeah. Like you just have to, I don't know, just power through it. And sometimes I just post on that exact thing like that today. I don't feel like doing this. Um, you know, and that's again, like being authentic to just saying like, uh, I'm on the struggle bus today, you know, any small goes through that. Right. Yeah. You say power, sometimes you just have to power through, but powering through is the fastest bus to burnout. How do you deal uh, with that? Yeah, so I'll just like shut off everything sometimes and put on an audiobook that's not related to anything I do, just something totally different to change my frame of mind um, and go for a long walk. Um, other things, I mean, meditation, yoga, those things. I'm not very good at those things, but I try to do them if I feel like I'm really struggling just to clear my mind. But yeah, I mean, you need to find different points of inspiration outside of, because the thing is too, when you're looking at other people's content all the time, like I am, you, you naturally compare yourself. Um, and I think as a small business owner too, you think like, oh, I should be doing more. I should be doing what that person's doing. But you really just have to focus on yourself and just think, okay, I need to do what's best for me and like be authentic to what is good for me and whatever. Like you can't, you really can't compare yourself and then just, yeah, you will burn out if you keep going on that treadmill. 
And and Rick, if I may chime in, we 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 saw that in the research as yeah. well. Burnout was number one concern from from this from the I, I just call them essentially the creative class economy, and this whole idea of like constantly shifting algorithms. Sometimes, like how do you create tailored content? And this, you they are an army of one. It's literally one, if not two, individuals creating relevant content if if not every day every week and um i think the numbers that we saw in the research is like 89 percent of creators are ex- reporting experiencing high levels of burnout and uh this whole idea of like inconsistent income streams as well sometimes is uh, nerve-wracking which i totally understand um so we see that in the research we see that in the data and katrina thank you for being transparent about it because it is it is a very real reality in this space as well yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs, I'd say. It's, I thought 78% of Canadians couldn't agree on anything, but 89% of the people, uh, yeah, of creators facing burnout is, is, is pretty darn close to 100%. Um, Nishanti, have you done any research? Are there any insights in, in, in the survey? Any people you've talked to that give us any other clues about how to keep those creative juices fresh and, 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 and avoid burnout? Yeah, like I think um, not specifically from the research, just more empirical evidence, like talking to individuals, like taking a break, mm-hmm. uh, like Katrina mentioned, staying true to your content. I think that's also uh, very, very real that we heard from some of the conversations that I've had individually with content creators as well. If, if you have a niche, uh, try to improve on that, like try to find what sticks, what, what lands, um, but you have to treat yourself exactly like Katrina said. Sometimes it is a job that you you have to take a break. You have to sort of shut down, uh, spend time with family and friends, and and you got to take care of yourself. Sometimes you can imagine majority of these content creators when they start, they already have a full time job. They are working nine to five, and they're doing this as like a side hobby, a side passion project, and. You can imagine it, it feels like almost like a part-time job or, or two full-time jobs at that time. So um, take a break, reevaluate, reassess. Um, I think there's nothing more valuable than your health at the end of the day. So um, so I, I, I would just encourage that as well. Right. And what do you think is coming next for content creators? Are, are, will we look back and say, hey, this was the, the, the golden age, but it wasn't sustainable? Or do you think we'll see more and more... Uh, capital come into the come into the area to uh, come into the sector to support creators what do you think the future is Katrina let's start with you um yeah I mean I definitely see social media becoming more monetized with different apps and um, I keep reading about financial services systems being integrated with social media so I think once that begins to happen creators will have a lot more freedom and uh, like um Soon they'll be able to make a living without having so many different factors of banking. Um, like maybe you could like, and I know they have it right now already with um, uh, what's it called Shopify, where you can like take a payment right off Instagram or whatnot, and it populates all your information if you've already bought something off of there. So I think there there's going to be a lot more ways to monetize social media in the future, and that will make everyone's life as a content creator a lot easier rather than having five steps to make money off of, of something. Right. Can, have you been giving some thought to what you could sell or the partnerships you would need to create in order to tap into the, the, these different forms of monetization, Katrina? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I've worked for brands that sometimes will um, pay a commission if you like for if people click through, then you get a commission. Otherwise, it's a flat rate of like you have a discount code and then you get paid to just post that discount code. Hopefully people click through and buy. Um, but there's all different kinds of ways, like with if it's tickets to an event or if it's an actual product. Um, I think things like that are becoming more and more prevalent on social media. People just expect to be able to purchase it right away, which makes it easier for entrepreneurs. Okay. Nishant, what's next? Yeah, I think um, the research is very clear. This, I, I don't think this paradigm shift is going to go away. Like to your point, are the golden days over? I think this is just, this space is only going to keep uh, uh, revolving and uh, accelerating. The technology is, um, I, I, I know we didn't really get into this and I, I, I wish I had a lot more research on this. What are, what are some of the impacts from an AI perspective in, in the content creator space? And um, that that's something that we're keeping an eye on. It's a very new technology trend, which will which has already sort of proliferated in finance, but what does that do to the content creation that already is there? So um, we'll, we're always, we'll, we'll be here, <laughs> Rick, from a MasterCard perspective to, to figure out and evaluate the space and some of the numbers that we saw, like from a North America perspective alone, it's, and then globally, it's a hundred billion dollar revenue generation just from the creator class economy. And in, in North America, 22 million people are saying that they identify themselves as creators. So the space isn't really going away is just only going to evolve. Um, and we'll be here from a technology perspective, from a payment perspective, and always supporting small businesses because there, there is a shift and it's only going to accelerate over the next coming, coming years. Yeah. And, and, and any thoughts on how MasterCard might continue to, to support creators in these spaces? As these yeah, I, I think just through taking uh, feedback and advice, like all these conversations that I have internally and from a research perspective, we, we believe our product development lifecycle is heavily weighted on research and the feedback that we take. So once we do all these research, we, we take all these inputs into designing products and services that, that fit the market. Um, like I said before, we, we don't believe that you build it, people will come. So if there are truly some needs and pain points of being identified in research, specifically in the creator class economy, we will we take that into integration and look towards enhancing the products and services that we bring to market. Um, as of now, obviously, um, there, there's a lot lot going on and AI is definitely top of mind. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I, can, I can promise you that a lot of it, everything is going into our feedback loop, as I like to call it. And um, and we're always open ears. I think we've always been there supporting the small business community and we're happy to accelerate the, the focus. I think that's, that's definitely something that I've seen. Fabulous, thank you so much. Katrina, moment of truth for you. You mentioned right at the top of the show that your kids have been asking questions about what you do and how you got into it. Would you? recommend that your kids work towards having careers as full-time full-time careers as content creators maybe not a full-time career <laughs> no but um i mean i've already suggested to them because of their sports i'm like you should start a sports page because um, you could post stuff about your basketball or your soccer and maybe get some eyeballs or community built around that and i mean they find it cringe they think 
think what I do and what I share is a little cringy. They're like, it's too much for them um, at this age because, you know, they're awkward as teenagers. But I do like, yes, I do think as a side hustle, it's a great way to make extra money or build a community of people that you have common interests with. I think it's a great idea. So get started at it, play around with it, work on your passions, see what kind of platform you can build, but don't necessarily assume that it is the best use of your time and career. Yeah, like don't put all your eggs in one basket with anything. (laughs) I I think that is the best possible answer to my impertinent question. So thank you so much. For sure. (laughs) Appreciate that. Okay, last question here at the Startup Canada podcast is we looked to see if either of you has any final words of wisdom or advice to share with our Canadian entrepreneurs. Nishant, why don't you go? Yeah, for sure. Maybe I'll start with saying this creator class has truly created a paradigm shift in the in in Canada and globally and in North America, um, and and truly identifying what does it mean to be your own boss and and succeed as an entrepreneur. Uh, we we shared some of the numbers in in the podcast, like seventy eight percent of Canadians are interested in looking at um, their passion projects or becoming full time entrepreneurs and shifting away from the traditional nine to five corporate job. Um, I think the good news is scaling up from being hobbyist to a full-time entrepreneur is more accessible than ever. Um, Thanks to social media, the technology, evolving consumer habits, and as well as the advances that we're seeing in payments technology. Um, MasterCard will always be here to support the small business community um, to to thrive and evolve into uh, the next generation of entrepreneurs, as I like to call them, (laughs) over the next couple of years. Uh, But thank you for having me, Rick. Well, thank you for for the work that you're doing and MasterCard is doing. It's great to see, you know, the the, the big guys supporting uh, these communities. Katrina, the last word is yours. Any final words of wisdom or advice for aspiring creators? Yeah, I mean, before that, I also just want to say thank you to both of you and to MasterCard because they hired me to promote um, for Small Business Month to promote my favorite um, women-run small businesses. And I thought that was an amazing initiative. I love doing that project. So I'm I'm grateful to them, too, for that. Um, But my advice is really just to continuously explore new ideas. Um, And if you are interested in content creation, I do think it's valuable for any, any startup. I think you should go on there and try to build um, a dialogue with your customers. I think that you should always stay open to growth and learning. Um, and it's a good way to take calculated risks with your business and be innovative and try new things. I do think it's a really great platform for, for every business to use. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, one, one last question as for you, Katrina, inspired by what you just said about having worked with MasterCard. Um, the first time that a big brand contacts an influencer, um, you know, they might not quite know what's expected of them, um, how professional they suddenly have to start to be once they're sort of representing a brand. Any thoughts on that about, you know, common mistakes that that some creators might make in regards to, to, to commissioned projects like that or any advice for making sure that, we don't screw this up. I think from both sides, um, from the people hiring an influencer and as influencers or on a platform is that you need to stay organic 
to the way that you produce content. Um, and when you work with a big brand, sometimes they give you a really stringent contract that's like, you need to say all of these things. And it's like, but that's not the way I would express it. And then I sound like a robot in an ad, which doesn't, people can tell. They're like, that's an ad and they don't care. Um, and I, w with working with MasterCard, I mean, there was a few catchphrases that they wanted me to say about MasterCard, but in general, I had a lot of creative freedom, which is the most important thing is like giving um, an influencer or content creator the the ability to create their content the way they normally do to reach their audience because they know their audience the best and what works. Right. And while we're on the subject of supplementary questions long after this podcast should have ended, uh, <laughs> Nishant, any experience that you, that, that, that you might offer to other brands, maybe they have to mellow out a little bit if they're going to deal <laughs> with, 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 with micro businesses and, and creative people like these. Yeah, I think creative freedom definitely has to rest in the hands of the creators, right? I think that that sort of goes beyond, um, I guess it, it sort of con it, it, it conflicts with why some 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 big brands would would enter into contracts or relationship with content creators because you're you're hiring them for for a reason, right? You you want them to be authentic. You want them to tell your story or their story in how they feel comfortable with. So I would encourage all the brands out there to to sort of <laughs> I hate, I guess it is the word to honor the creative freedom of the content creators and uh, and work together. I think there's some very very big and interesting opportunities that you can. Um, uh, take take advantage of and and as well as get your story heard to to your audience and to the creators audience as well. All right. Well, thank you both. This has been a a, 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 a very candid discussion, and I think we've we, we, we've uh, found some some really interesting common ground here, where uh, where business is really changing and where individuals have to uh, really adapt as well to take advantage of all the opportunities that are out here for big business and small business alike. We've been talking with Nishant Reina, Director of Small Business Lead at MasterCard Canada, and Katrina olson Modahead, Lifestyle Influencer. We'll put uh, all, all your coordinates in the show notes so, so people can follow both of you. We'll follow both of you. We're very interested in seeing how partnerships like these continue and, and, and commitments into the, in, in, into the sector. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for being here today. No, thank you for having me. Thank us. you. Thanks for letting me tell you. Yeah, thanks. All right, we'll talk again. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.